You know what, Brad? I'm yeah. actually thinking I want some scum rock. Can we can we get a little like 38 special? Like hold on loosely and Hell don't yeah. let go. Just hold on. What's up, Ding Dongs? Oh, I sang it that it's time. In that, it's in that style. Tried to try to slip it in there. Yeah, I I mean that's fine with me as long as there's some 38 Special playing in the background. I saw 38 Special live once. That's at, the least you, surprising you, I, thing you've does ever anybody, said. Does anybody want to <laughs> guess where I saw them? Go ahead and try because you're not going to be able to. Um, no. Alabama I, Adventure formerly known as Vision Land, on that little tiny stage behind where the animatronic dinosaurs were supposed to be. No, that makes sense. And it was actually kind of awesome. You know how we do things <laughs> that Candace says in a movie? Uh-huh. Well, Candace turned to me during that concert. We went to that together. And she turned to me and goes, this is the second best show I've ever seen. And I think it's because they, I mean, how long have they been playing those songs, right? Like, it was actually pretty. Like, so they, they were, they were got bringing it, down. it Yeah. Yeah. And there's like one song that leads in with like thunder and lightning and the it was it was great. Nice. Anyway, so yes, I've seen 38 special in rural Alabama Bessemer specifically at the Alabama Adventure and loved it. What is the first best show she's ever seen? Oh, I think it was like Bonavere. No, oh. I know I actually don't know. I think it was uh, Sufjan Stevens. That was a good <laughs> I, I I that's a good show. He puts on a good show. Oh, I love a list where it's Sufjan Stevens first, and 38, then 38 special, special second. <laughs> Anyway, we're not here to, to make concert lists, y'all. Don't even look to I us mean, for that. I mean, we could, but... Yeah, let's let's not, though. Okay. Let's talk about the movies. All right. This is the Side Talks Podcast. I'm Rachel Morgan. I'm Corey Kraft. We haven't done that in a while. No, so. we haven't. <laughs> Sorry, well, new uh, listeners. Let's get to it. Oh, my God. Show me that smile. Show me that smile. <laughs> Um, we're doubling down. I know it has only been a blink of an eye since we did a show and tell, but I am ready to do another one because right. I come loaded with shit today. Yeah. So I'm about to throw something your way, Corey. Okay. okay. Let me just hear this lovely crinkle, 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 crinkle. Okay. These are it's fully un- work, folks. These it's are called fully work. Unopened, and I'm about to throw them your way. Okay. This this is Bill and Ted's most atypical movie cards. There are ten triumphant cards in this pack. This is from. Uh, 1991, so circa the release of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. So you want to open those up and let's I see what we got. I proud to. Uh, you can also, I just want to say this before I open it, you can also win a bodacious trip to San Dimas, California, or some other non-bogus prize. And we are, by the way, going to try to win this. I think we're 31 years too late. Well, but. I'm going to make them pay up if it's indeed in there because there's not only can you win that trip but there's something else that's kind of fun and interesting that you could possibly win as second it's at the phone booth it's the phone booth oh my god it's the phone booth they'd better fucking deliver on that why can't i open this i know i think i've probably mentioned this before but you know somebody won that speed bus that one time you you have mentioned that. Do you want some help? Corey can't seem to open Bill. You go like this. Did I, you never op- well, open I like? Did, I, I bet tried you that. seem okay, like you it, vibed to me like you've opened Pokemon. Cards. I have opened so many packs of Pokemon <laughs> cards. Don't even worry about it. All right. So um, what all have we got here? So 
show and tell the the best segment you can do on a I podcast. I don't think we won because we just got a no, card no, no. that said Open you could win. Okay. Open it up. Uh, we got this um, uh, Captain Logan. We got a Captain Logan card. We got So Crates. Uh, nice to see So Crates. Uh, we got. Um, Look at them there. Bill Look and at Ted Alex running Leonard through there. the desert. Little cutie. Uh, something with Evil Bill and Evil Ted from Bogus Journey. Um, our friend standing in front of the Wild Stallions van. We got uh, Napoleon from uh, Love that Excellent Adventure. Uh, what Be- about? I would love a Joan of Arc. Beethoven from Excellent Adventure. We've got. This is the. This is Rufus getting um, menaced by the terrorists from Bogus Journey. Um, Napoleon going over war strategy. These are collectible, y'all. Um, these, these are the, uh, looks like, um, Abraham Lincoln and others entering the San Dimas Mall and a totally righteous statue of Bill and Ted, uh, from the future. And if you notice on the back of some of those, there is a, one of those things that, that often would happen with collectible cards. And that is that. There was a puzzle you put together, like a big image that you would like. Oh. Look at the last one, and so I don't know what that image would be, but I'm just trying to picture somebody who cared enough about these cards to try to potentially collect them I all. Would now have done that. Here's the thing, Corey. Uh-huh. Open up the win because okay. I know because I cheated a little bit and I've opened another pack of cards. I'm pretty sure that there's a scratch-off situation there. There is. Okay. And do you see where we can win the phone booth? Do you see it? I do. The grand prize is a, a four-day, three-night trip for two to San Dimas, California. First prize, a telephone booth, plus many other prizes, including Bill and Ted's Nintendo games, Righteous, uh, Bill and Ted's Game Boy games, and Bill and Ted's T-shirts. Ooh, I would love a T-shirt. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. I would good. love a T-shirt. You want to scratch that off? All right, I'm going to scratch see, it off. Let's see if we won. I don't love our odds here. I mean, if we if if that phone booth is under there, uh, it's somewhere. You don't think it was claimed? What does it say? Um. Well, <laughs> it says sorry. I can make out the word sorry. Pretty sure it says sorry, dude. I, I'm going. So you know. <laughs> I'm going to assume that that is not. A good sign. No, it's not. It's going to say, once you get it scratched, I, I know from previous experience, that's sorry, dude. Which at least they gave you a dude. Or at yeah. least halfway gave you a dude. Got a dude. I think I've scratched this beyond all oh, recognition. Turns out that a scratch-off material doesn't last for, for 31 years. 31 years. Well, that's anyway, that's a shame. That's we what did I have not to bring win. You. What's your favorite card of the stack there? Oh, Which one are well, you trading I, for? I do love uh, Socrates. Um I don't know. Yeah, th- I mean, these are cool. I guess I like this this one that's the sort of a portrait of Napoleon getting the big giant bowl of ice cream. Oh, that's a good I think that's one. the one I would, one, I would yeah. trade for because um, he loved that ice cream. But who among us? Am I right, there folks? There you go. Ice cream. Um, Bill and Ted, uh, good movies. I really like that third one that came out during COVID. I don't know you if you ever that. saw that. but it's I haven't seen it, but you mentioned Real you strong. Like um, all three of them, I think, just – Real fun movies. And um, better luck next time. We'll get that phone yeah. booth Keep one trying. day. Keep trying. And now, a look at what we're watching this week. Oh, Corey, what are you watching? I've seen a lot of stuff lately, um, but I want to highlight a couple things in particular. The one I want to spend the most time on 
I went to see at the IMAX screen in Hoover on the, oh, the multiplex. Oh, here we go. You've been really roaring about this. And you've Jordan been, Peele's Nope. You've been more than once. Yeah. I've seen it twice now. Nope. Fucking rules. I love it. Going to so see it tonight. So I'll report back. Kind of hoping I don't like it because I would love to fight. Well, yeah. you previously didn't like his earlier excellent movie us i did not like us um you know the precedent has been set for you to be wrong about jordan peele i love get out there yeah get out get out's amazing get out is probably still my favorite of his movies um but i nope is the good old-fashioned um hollywood blockbuster spectacle that uh, and it's original intellectual property, I might throw in there, um, made by a true cinephile and craftsman uh, with loving care. Um, and it's weird. It's real weird. It's not afraid to get a little freaky and terrifying. And to have moments in the movie that don't necessarily connect to the plot on a plot level but of course, there are thematic. Oh, you were parallels. critical of Malice about the same thing. No, I wasn't, because Malice is not a movie with themes. Keep you heard going. it here first. Um, nope has bullshit, some yeah. very interesting and deep themes about spectacle, about the modern world sort of relationship to um, shitty things happening and documenting this on our phones all the time. Um, It's, it's a really neat movie. um, And it, 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 I don't know. I just have a ball with it. It's, Runtime is long. Yes. It's about two hours and 15 minutes, but it doesn't Uh, drag. I guess it could be worse. Um, The, the, First hour is a lot of build up and setup and, you know, coy teasing of the nature of the menace a la Spielberg, right? A la something like Jaws, yeah. which the movie's been compared to. Um, so, you know, you're, you're getting teased throughout the the first part of the movie. But I love that. You know, I love when a filmmaker is confident enough to, to sort of drop little hints and be like, don't you worry, this is going to pay off. And boy, does it pay off. Um, I, I do want to say too, um, shot beautifully um, by the cinematographer Hoyta Van Hoytema, who is Christopher Nolan's guy yeah, yeah, yeah. usually. So this guy knows how to compose an image for IMAX screens. And so if you get the opportunity to see Nope on the IMAX screen or any other large format, uh, I would encourage it because it's beautifully done and really kind of overwhelming and fun to see on IMAX. I'm seeing it in the prime screening room there at the AMC tonight. Well, that's got real good sound. So you're going to have a good time with it. Um, And you know, that screen's no slouch, right? It's pretty big. Big ass screen. Um, I mean, it's no four story screen like a deluxe, but it's a big ass screen. But um, I'm, I'm curious to see what you have to say about it. I think that you might like it, but have some criticisms oh, that would be my take um but you on love your this take. thing tip to tail is that what you're telling me well you know i don't know like i the first time i saw it i was like there's something that's kind of sticking about this i don't know what it is second time i saw it, it you know just went along for the ride had a great time with it i have a feeling that like get out and us this is just something that i'm going to rewatch and just Mm-hmm. You know, completely mm-hmm. love tip to tail if I don't already. Well, we'll see. People like it better when we don't agree. So I will. <laughs> I'll fools. see how this goes. I'll see how it goes. You know. Yeah, we'll see. Um, you probably, again, just by the nature of the sort of movie it is, uh, you probably will not like it as much as I do. Oh, uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And you know, it seems like 
this is right up your alley. Yeah. Very it also so. seems like there's a lot of stuff you can't really say about it. Am I wrong? Is this a some... whole lot yeah. of stuff? So it's it can be tough to kind of talk around these suckers. Um, so I, you know, I think it's cool that you're going to see it tonight, and inevitably, I suppose we'll talk about it again, whether it's in a fight scenario, and I hope it's not, yeah. or yeah. you know, or not. Um, I also want to very briefly highlight. Um, I kind of did an impromptu triple feature of the remaining movies from the director Joe Dante that I had oh, not cool. seen. Um, I, so I watched, uh, Piranha and yeah. Howling, yep. uh, and the Burbs, uh, with, uh, Thomas and You Hanks. had never seen the Burbs? I had never seen the Burbs. Shocking. So, um, Piranha, of course, the original 1978 Roger Corman produced schlocky B movie. That's a ripoff of Jaws written by John Sayles, though, um, before he was classy. Before John he was Sayles. John Sayles. He was, you know, a guy who wrote schlocky movies for Roger Corman. The the story about Piranha, of course, is that it's always, you know, it's a little better than you expect a movie like that to be. I found that to be the case. It's yeah. pretty entertaining. It's sly. It's sleazy. It's what you want from that sort of B-movie 70s exploitation. It um, really is. It really is sort of the top of its class yeah. of that of that particular world. And and what a great VHS cover it had. Oh, for sure. That would jump off, off of the shelf at me whenever I went to the video store. So I've seen it more than once. Uh, and I love the howling. The howling rules. Yeah. Um, it it it's kind of like a a cousin to Videodrome in some mm-hmm. ways, right? About uh, media exploitation and um, D. Wallace's character is a, a TV reporter who gets attacked by a serial killer while she's on assignment, and she's on the verge of burning out. So she goes to uh, this sort of mysterious col- commune called the Colony. Well, the movie is called The Howling. I bet you can guess what the colony's secret is. Uh, It's no surprise. This was the same year as An American Werewolf in London. um, And I think I prefer that movie just slightly. Um, Just slightly? Yeah. I I don't love American Werewolf in London. I think it's good. Would you argue this with me? Because I will take American Werewolf in London's back like crazy. I mean, I think it's good. I, I don't think it's like... All-time werewolf masterpiece. I don't Whoa. think that we have an all-time werewolf masterpiece Whoa. yet. Um, because I, 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 I'd put the well, howling. It depends on what tone we're going for, because that would be Twilight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a big depends. I just wanted to see your reaction. <laughs> I actually like Silver Bullet a lot. Yeah, that's a blind spot. Even though it's my, my I don't boy, think you're, I don't think it's going to change. But it's my for boy you. Gary Busey. It's my boy Stephen King. You know, it's a, it's. I, Again, it's a, it's a product of its, of its sure. era, but um, I do love it. I'll, I'll check it out one of these. And days. I would argue—I mean, what I guess I would fight you on, and I don't know if you'll take the bait or not—but I would fight you that I think that American Werewolf in London is is absolutely at the very top of the list of uh, great great werewolf films. Yeah, but I don't think that we have a great one yet. That is a great one. Mm. That's a great one. That's the, what I'm saying. The, the makeup effects are great. It's a great film. Yeah. Well, The Howling is really good, too. <laughs> oh, boy. And then and then to, to cap it off with The Burbs, mm-hmm. um, 1989 dark comedy with uh, my boy Tom. I didn't love The Burbs. I'm surprised. Yeah. I actually thought you were about to come with uh, something stronger than that and say you really liked it. And that I, you... I was expecting, you know, a, a sort of dark comedy with a satirical edge that lampoons suburban America, right? Yeah. Because that's kind of what he did in Gremlins. Sure. But Gremlins is so much stronger 
with that than than the burbs um and, and the name of the film is the burbs and it has fucking gremlins in it so gremlins automatically wins yeah um i i was really disappointed with the burbs because it just kind of felt watered down and it, it doesn't have that that sort mm. of joe dante um horror chaos that I think characterizes a lot of his best work, like um, like Gremlins or Gremlins Two, or um, Piranha, or Piranha, or even you know something like Inner Space, which I think is fantastic. Well, there are lots of people that would fight you about the Burbs. I'm not one of those people, and part yeah. of the reason is you know your best friend Thomas Hanks. And the thing is, he's kind of he doesn't really make much of an impression in the lead. I think he's a little miscast in that movie. Oh, he's totally miscast. It's part of what makes me dislike the thing. Mm-hmm. He's a little like a scoop of vanilla ice cream out there in the. Anyway, he doesn't, I, there he doesn't really have a character. Who, my point is, there are people who would totally go yeah. to the mat with you on this, and that's that's why I think my expectations were higher for right. it. A lot of people, lot of people put this love it way up there on the list for um, sure, for sure. And I just I, I didn't really get much out of it, or at least not much that Gremlins doesn't already give me, and yeah. in a much better fashion. So yeah. a little bit of a letdown there, but I did really like uh, the Howling, and I, I thought Piranha was good fun too. Um, so you know, Joe Dante. Overall, a filmmaker I really like, um, again, mostly because of the the Gremlins uh, movies, but um, he's done a lot of really strong work elsewhere, of course. And you're just making your way through this list of, of blind spots. That's what I'm trying yeah. to do. I mean, I've, I've been watching a lot of other stuff. As I mentioned, some cheesy 90s movies. I watched, uh, as I mentioned, the, the Hand That Rocks the Cradle. And um, I didn't mention this, but speaking of old Kurt Russell... Uh, backdraft, which sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty terrible. And there's some Baldwin's in that too. Uh, Billy Baldwin is the lead, which oof, is where you know oof. you went wrong. Well, that's part of where you went wrong. I have a friend who I guarantee you doesn't listen to this podcast. Who I think I've mentioned before became a firefighter because we went to go see that film together. Because and backdraft- he literally was like, "I want to be a." And he, to this day, he's a. He's a firefighter. It really is just like it's in the wake of Top Gun. So everybody's like, we need our own Top Gun. What's a version of yep. Top Gun we can do, but with like an extreme profession? And, you know, Thomas Cruz goes race car driver. And yep. Kurt Russell and Universal Pictures go firefighter. So it's just everybody loves them. Yeah, it's just Top Gun, but firefighters. And, you know, Ron Howard comes up a lot and he he's disparaged. What a hack. Um, what a hack. He certainly does not bring anything to the table in Except Backdraft. for an overextended runtime. Boy, this thing is it's like too, two and a half this hours is, This long. is also the era of just absolutely let's drag this thing for another 45 minutes when we really don't need to. Yeah, this definitely didn't need it. Too damn much. I'll allow that the stunts are cool, though. Um, the fire this stunts. This film isn't all bad. No, There it's is not. some good stuff in it. There's some good stuff in it. Mm, there's a lot of better ways to spend four hours of your time. You know, you know who really, I mean, God bless her. She's stranded in a part that gives her nothing to do. But Jennifer Jason Lee in Backdraft, ooh. What was she doing in that film? You know what I mean? She plays the woman. Right. Jennifer <laughs> I, Jason there's, Lee. There's nothing else going on. You know on. you're better than this. But, you know, she makes some she makes some strange choices sometimes in, in, in her career and in her life. And we love her anyway. But she's better than this let's she's, put it that way she's, she's much way better, better than, than the role she was given in backdraft that's yeah, for sure i think she was looking at that the sign of the bank in the background and driving through and putting the check in that little thing you send up the shoot you know what get paid jennifer jason lee if Go that, if that thing, backdraft girl. paycheck gave you enough uh let's say financial cushion to go off and make the hudsucker proxy i guess it was all worth it i mean really jokes on us because right now she's probably sitting on her couch eating nachos in the house that this film paid for 
Yeah, joke is on us. You know what she's pretty good in? Um, <laughs> almost everything almost other everything. than Backdraft. Uh, other than Backdraft, that's right. But um, she's really good in this new Lena Dunham movie, Sharp Stick. Sharp Stick, that we're playing yeah. at the cinema. Um, so, very cool. Well, it, I, I, as you are aware, I freaking love Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. You know what else she's good in? Everything. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, <laughs> yeah. which has a big anniversary. That's right. This is the 40th anniversary. Yeah. Right? We've got to figure out what we're going to do, how we're going to celebrate because this is a we do great need to put it on a screen movie. Uh, well, here's what I've been watching, okay. and I will be brief. Um, I've been watching, I went and saw a film called Vengeance. Uh, the BJ Novak thing? I think so, yeah. It's With, a, um, I got to gotta see it about a week ahead of time. Yeah, it comes out on Friday as yeah. of the recording of this. Um, kind of a dark comedy about good. podcasters. I think you're, yeah, the podcast thing is in there, but it's, yeah. it's a very like uh, S-Town kind of yeah riffing on sort of serial and, and that kind of world of the podcast. I'm looking forward to this. I, I, I was going to check it out. going to like it a lot. Okay. I liked it fine. It, it got a little too, uh, it's not as smart as it thinks it is. Uh-huh. And it got a little too that and a little too sentimental for me. That just kind of makes me uneasy. But I think the average person doesn't mind that saccharine and will like that part of it. Okay. But it's, Ultimately, it was a very – it's a really lovely little 85-minute like 85 minute runtime. Oh, get, that sounds amazing. Get in and out of there really quick. And you don't get you, – you know, I wasn't – I didn't find myself sort of drifting off. It, it, the story is there, and it doesn't do anything beyond that, which is nice. And there's uh, Ashton Kutcher's in it, which I haven't seen him in a minute. I don't love him, but he's he's – actually, this is the better version of him in this film. Yeah. And, I mean, he looks fun in the trailer. He's not an actor I've ever had any, you know – fondness for i think i will tell you i think part of my enjoyment in this thing is that i spent a good a very significant part of my life maybe not the longest part of my life but certainly the most significant a good decade and a half or so uh, in houston texas and went to went to high school for a bit in houston and definitely did most of my elementary and all of my junior high school there and it is a very texas film there is you know like a frito pie joke there's a you know sort of Waterburger, all that's there, and all that is so true and real of Texas, uh-huh. and so I really love that part of it. So it was, I had a good time. Okay, it was an, it was a, I, I, I didn't need to see this in the theater, and I shouldn't say that because all films deserve to be seen in a theater, but it was just one of those. It really, I didn't, I could have probably enjoyed it just as well um, anywhere else. Well, it's not, I'll, I'll it's not probably a cinematic, be... you know, home run by any means. Yeah, it's fine. I'll probably be checking it out on the big screen. I think you'll dig it. I'm interested to hear what you what you think. And then, of course, I have seen episode one and half of episode two before I fell asleep of Fuckboy Island. Oh, man. I told you I was going to bring it back. It's our weekly Fuckboy Island check-in. I have nothing much to report other than Garrett's back, y'all. And if you've watched the show, you know what I'm talking about. And I hate it if I just spoiled it for you. Uh, if you know who Garrett is, you've probably already watched that first and second <laughs> episode. But he's back. They drug the, uh, the Fuckboy from last semester we'll call it they drug his ass back and he's there and he's in his little um jabroni island or whatever they call it where they wait for people to to get kicked off of fuckboy so he has not renounced his fuckboy ways oh no as a matter of fact he's there to he's there and to wreak havoc like he they (sighs) specifically brought him back to wreak havoc cool and other than that, there's not much to report except a very revealing pair of shorts worn by one of the young men who is there to compete for fuckboy or not fuckboy. And yeah, I just, I'm not sure how I feel about 
the decision to wear these shorts. What are but these there, balls hanging out? What's going just, on? There's all kinds of junk in the in the short, and and <laughs> they the and they short. the host calls it out, and then they cut to a close up, which brings me to the point of it isn't just a. I can tell by looking, it's not just a cut in. Uh huh. So a camera operator on the show. If you are out there in the world or anybody knows any camera operators on <laughs> Fuckboy Island, please let us know because we'd love to have this person on the show because they clearly pulled in for a close-up of this gentleman's front of shorts that had a it, lot of shit going on. All the all the camera people have like earpieces <laughs> in and the producers are like, get a load of that dude's crotch. Camera forward, close-up, close-up. Zoom in. The guy's just like, it's a living, you know, like the dinosaurs in in the Flintstones. Yeah. Like, it's a living. Yeah, I'm going to zoom it. in on this dude's uh, balls and dick. And I'm going to spend, hey, you got the change drawer? Yeah, we're ready. So I'm going to spend longer <laughs> on this gentleman's ball and dick than I think anybody has ever spent on this gentleman's ball and dick. I bet the, I bet but- <laughs> in the editing suite, they were, they were, they were eating well. That's true. That's true. But I do want to say part of what, caught my attention about this ball and dick <laughs> he just said one ball from what i could see <laughs> he so what caught my attention about it was i thought for sure he was going to come out the gate because the young woman who he then one of the young women who speaks with later brings the pa- the shorts up and says so those are some shorts you know kind of thing i thought that this gentleman would proudly own it and be like yeah i, I came to show off and and I, I'm giving you what I got. But instead, he seemed a little embarrassed about it and was sort of like, yeah, I didn't really. And so his sort of coyness about it is what's really stuck with me because I feel like, you know, if you're going onto a show that's going to be on HBO, uh-huh. a show watched by thousands and thousands of people that's going to live there probably forever. Yeah. You know, somewhere. And certainly that's going to be seen by a lot of people that you look in the mirror. You could dress you, properly. And you know that you know what's going on there. And the suggestion by the host was that he, you know, maybe is a fuckboy and wore those intentionally, right? So all of that seemed but I don't sure I'm not sure that he did. And so his reaction is what has gotten me the most puzzled. That he had some level of regret over wearing these shorts. Do you think the producers were just like It'll look it'll look better on camera. It'll tr- trust us, trust us. Just put these <laughs> on, put know. these on. Like I was really, he hustled into wearing those shorts? I really hope not, because then we are going down a road of of sexual harassment, and I think that would be really really terrible, even on a show called Fuckboy Island. But because presumably he's a grown man with agency, right, and he looked at right. those shorts and I he put them on, and was so. like, "I love this fit. I am and feeling so myself." My question to the world out there is that if you were on the show Fuckboy Island. And you were wearing a pair of shorts that was incredibly revealing. Wouldn't you know it? Like, <laughs> you would probably, A, feel it, and B, have looked in the mirror at least briefly before walking out into the soundstage or wherever we are. If, you're, if your business is touching <laughs> open air, you know oh, about it. Oh, it's not open air, but it's it's being snatched up. Oh, in a pretty- boy. <laughs> well, you should know that, too. One would think that you would be self-aware that that's happening. Anyway, um, that's our dick and ball report (laughs) for this episode. And I cannot promise you it won't happen again. The likelihood of me, of us getting more ding-dings in the dick jar is, it's high. Thank you for listening to the Side Talks podcast. (laughs)
what can we even say at this point? <laughs> I'm still. Uh, thank uh, you so much for listening to this episode of Side Talks. Yes. Oh, and by the way, Sam had a note for us, which we didn't do this time, but we need to Uh-oh. do in the future episode. Okay. So next week, we need to make notes. Sam, could you do this? Of the Jane Lynch voice uh, challenge. We'll, yeah. we'll be back. We'll be back with that. Just that's a little preview of an upcoming episode. Jane Lynch, noted podcast fan, <laughs> um, had some advice. For, for female podcasters specifically to not sound so darn shrill. Which and we're going to have to take that advice next I, week. I have a thing or two to say. Oh, you have thoughts on that? Chain Lynch. <laughs> uh, starting with the word bitch. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. What's this shit, bitch? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Well, we got to close this out because I've we got really the giggles and really you're do. screeching really at do. Jane Lynch. Um, who I'm sure she's listening. And you know, I'm still wearing my headphones, so next time you painful? do that, um, let so me know. We're, we're, let me just deepen my voice for you. Okay, thank you. This as, is this is more socially acceptable. We're your own personal cinematic bookhouse boy and one-eyed Jack. Well, you know I love this. I knew you would. Um, I'm going to have to uh, align myself with the bookhouse boys. Damn it. I really would prefer not to be one-eyed Jack because speaking of, can you get the dick jar back out again? Ding, ding, ding. We all know what you're referencing there. Also, but the sure, sex trafficking. All that shit. Sure. <laughs> I guess. You know, when in Rome. Sure. When, when in Rome. That's, that's what um, old, uh, oh, uh, Richard Beamer in that show. What's his name? Oh, when he's about to have sex with his daughter. God damn it. <laughs> that's what he said. When in Rome. Um, this is going way <laughs> off the rails. It's Twin Peaks. If, if talking about people having sex with their daughters scandalizes oh. you, spoiler alert, don't watch Twin Peaks. Don't look directly in the eyes of Bob. Anyway, that's who we are. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We're so our apologies to the board, to the sidewalk board of directors. Richard and- Horn. His character's <laughs> Richard Horn. And it's Audrey Horn. It took me a second. Yes, Dick Horn. Um, thank you for listening. Revelator Coffee, we appreciate you. Batwell Studios, we appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Brad. Sidewalkfest.com for our schedule. We've got a film festival coming up. We've got movies we're screening. Looks like we're gonna have bodies, bodies, bodies on a screen. Love that. We're at the have, festival or at the cinema? At the cinema. Oh, so I'm sick. saying we're still going to have films at the, at the cinema as well as the festival. We've got uh, Marcel the Shell. That little bitch is going to be in there <laughs> on a big screen. He has shoes on. He has shoes on and his that little ass walked away from us for a week. But well, we wrangled him he, back He in. came back. A24. Give you guys are great. Yeah, We love you, but damn that Shell. I yeah. really want to see that new Joanna Hogg movie, The Eternal Daughter, with Tilda Swinton that's premiering at Venice. So no, you guys are great. Be nice to A24, everybody. Um, they don't get enough love. They, <laughs> um, yeah, lots of I stuff. I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, at Sidewalk Film on social media as well. Too and, many films. Um, too many so movies. many movies. You're going to want to get those passes as soon as possible. Join <laughs> us. August 22nd, 26th, downtown Birmingham. Bye. We promise to talk much deeper on this podcast, or at least I do. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.